0: Most people go for either, you know, short term Airbnb kind of thing, which is tougher and tougher every month we get into it because the laws keep changing and the rules keep changing.
1: Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life.
2: Hey, Right Club Nation, it's
3: Alfonso Salemi here. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What is it, do you ask? Well, it's the
2: Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business
1: answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes are there, hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing training and education, and so much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, let's get to the podcast.
3: Hello, Right Club. Today's guest is none other than Kim gers from uh, Phipps Realty in Calgary. And you'll see she's going to share some amazing insights, talking about silver, uh, exchanging cars for down payments on houses. So she has an interesting background. And Sarah, I'm sure you've, you've enjoyed our conversation and you'll learn that I live for like live for less than $400,000 a year. So there you go.
2: There's uh I you know what, in this podcast, I had to call Francois out because he's saying that living under 400 grand is, is barely scraping by. So you'll tune into that. I mean, like at the end of the day, when I hear some absurdity, I've got to call it out. But it was hilarious. But uh, you know, we talk about the Alberta market. We talk about different strategies. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating and review if you are listening to these podcasts and you enjoy them. That is how we get our podcasts out there to even more people and how we keep going and uh, and be able to support as many of you out there as as possible. So don't forget though, check out our website. And our events, they are free, therightclub.com forward slash events, and all of that other good stuff online. Let's bring in Kim.
3: Hello, Kim, and welcome to the Right Club podcast. Uh, So I'm really excited to have Kim on this evening or on the podcast, uh, because we've just closed on a deal. So we're really hot off the presses. Uh, Maybe Kim, you can tell us a bit about the deal if you want to get started with that.
0: Sure, we'll talk about that. Thank you, Francois, for bringing me on. I'm very excited and very happy about your first closing in Alberta. That's awesome. It's a fourplex. It's a a duplex right now, but uh, the renovation plan for a fourplex and uh, really good positive cash flow.
3: Excellent. Thank you so much. And then, Kim, so since we bought a deal sort of together, I guess that leads us into what do you do for a living, Kim, if you can give (laughs) us an overview.
0: I'm a realtor with CIR Realty. I work with the FIPS Group, the investment division in uh, Calgary, and majority of my clients are investors.
2: Very cool. So are you a, a real estate investor yourself? And if so, how did you get started with that?
0: Yes. Um, I started when I was 20 years old investing, it, but I didn't really realize I was doing it. My first place I bought with no money down uh, through ATB, they had a great special going on and I could be, get my first house with no money down. Did that, sold that, rented for a little while. Then I bought another house, uh, with no money down. We refinanced it a year later and made that down payment of $5,000. It wasn't much. And then, and then I took a real estate investing course. and They <laughs> started to learn what, what it really was.
3: <laughs> Very that is, cool. Yeah. And that what's... is awesome. Mm-hmm. How did that lead you into the next deal? So it was your principal residence at first, but now you're investing. I think you're doing flips as well. So what else do you do in your spare time?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the second house that I bought, I developed the basement and rented it out. Um, And so that was like the beginnings of rental income. And then when when I took the investor's course, I started learning about teams and people that you work with and um, investors and having that power of other people that can think like you around you to be able to help you get to the next level or even unlock maybe a problem that you have maybe someone else has gone through it
2: yeah absolutely so can you share i guess what the opportunity you know Francois just bought a deal in alberta but what the opportunities might look like out in Alberta, whether it's, you know, you looking and in, in investing for yourself or, or working with clients. But I'm just curious, because obviously every single market is different, right? And, and what does Alberta have that other markets may not have from an investing standpoint?
0: So I'm not sure if you know, like a year ago, we we were in a recession and then for whatever reason, people started buying houses and then in the middle of COVID. So we just started on that bandwagon so our housing prices are quite low which is kind of the reason for the uptick in you know interest in the area where Toronto markets are quite high Vancouver markets are quite high Uh, Calgary has a lot going for it there's a lot of mass uh, migration coming towards Calgary and Edmonton but majority are coming towards Calgary because of the mountains
3: Yeah. And I've seen it's a lifestyle city. That's something Natasha always says. And I saw some pictures as well. I've never been to Calgary. I have to go now very shortly. I have no choice, (laughs) Uh, but you can see the beautiful view of the mountains. And it didn't look like you had much snow from some recent pictures. So I'm like, wow, this, this could be interesting for living and and the cost of life and all that.
0: Well, it's quite warm here through the winter months. Uh, We do get our minus 20 minus 30 blips, but we, we have Chinooks a lot, of, a lot of the month here. So we'll get down there for maybe a week and then we're back up at zero, 10 degrees. We've been at that for the last two weeks now. So most of our snow is gone and uh, we've been enjoying the warm weather.
3: Wow, I'm I'm like buried in snow in Ottawa. We have over a meter, like in my front yard. I have to shovel, oh, oh. scoop it up, and so oh, so Calgary does sound very appealing. And there's mm-hmm. lots of lots of work, or you can take your job with you. A lot of people are doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, great
3: stores shopping. That's like my sport. Unfortunately, <laughs> so I heard <laughs> there's lots too. of good malls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's mine too. We have a lot of indoor malls that we can go to. And we've got a couple of outdoor malls. Um, but I mean, a lot of people just like to shop and they like to have some variety and we've got a lot of that.
2: I uh I, I feel like um I'm the outcast here because uh I, I like to shop for real estate. I I actually shop for clothing as little as possible. It's just never something that's <laughs> ever like been my thing, like other than Lululemon just to be comfortable. But there you go. It's yeah. uh, it is quite interesting. But you know, shopping for real estate, I think is you know always up my alley for uh, you know, finding good deals and, and making money on your money. And so you know what does the cash flow like on average I mean you know obviously I think you're doing a lot of, of conversions and duplexes but like you know let's compare cash flow from you know maybe Ontario to Calgary or Edmonton like does that does that compare like are, are we talking about you know a significant increase in cash flow like why would I want to buy out your way in Alberta?
0: Um, Basically the pricing is lower and rents aren't a whole lot different across from one province to the other, but um, tenant laws are actually a big plus Mm -hmm. in Alberta. So we have, um, they favor the landlords here. So when we have problems with our tenants, if they don't pay, they, they are evicted. Um, So we have a really good system that, you know, we can, we can have rental increases, we only need to give three months notice. Uh, we put tenants on a, on a one-year lease. And if they don't move out, they have to move out. So they don't have a choice. So we do have a really good system here of landlord and tenant laws, which does does help, especially for investors. You don't want to be caught with somebody that isn't going to pay their rent or isn't taking care of the place and you can't get rid of them.
2: Yeah, I like those, the tenant laws for sure out your mm-hmm. way. They are definitely more balanced, I would say, right? And and more fair to to both parties. Obviously, you know, you talk about recession a a little bit, and there's definitely a little bit more, I think, of a a real estate cycle, a shorter real estate cycle, I should say. You know, what should we be cautious about? Like if, you know, like Francois just invested, uh, you know, his first deal out that way, which I think is awesome. But like, what are the things that we should be aware of, or maybe cautious about as we're investing in that market?
0: Well, just paying attention to the real estate cycle. And as you see rents come up for um, rentals, Uh, we also see increase in drive for people buying houses. So as those rents come up, it's kind of like a cascade and it kind of teeters back and forth. And we're still at kind of the low end of the market as far as pricing goes. We've only kind of come up a little bit in the last year. But we're starting to see markets increasing quite heavily, right, even in January, um, just because we don't have a lot of product on the market. Um, So we're getting a lot of interest in that respect. Um, Tenants find it a little bit more affordable to be able to buy a house. If they're in that kind of a position that they can, then it works better for them. Um, But our, our rents are actually getting higher and higher month by month. And in January, I don't expect to see them go higher, but um, it's kind of going higher now than it is in in the summer.
3: And can you give us an idea of rent, let's say a two bedroom, one bathroom apartment, something simple, how much would that rent for just to give us kind of a basis point?
0: So there's kind of a difference with the brand new unit or an older unit. So if it was a brand new unit, a two bedroom, uh, about 1,600 across the city is what you're looking at as a minimum rent, uh, and then the basement will be about a thousand uh, if it's a brand new basement. If they're older, they rent for less, obviously. Um, plus, we include uh, utilities are additional to the rent, so we we will advertise it out as what the rents are, and then we add utilities to it. And most people are used to that here; they're okay with that. And a lot of our tenants also take care of the properties. They they have to shovel snow, they have to do the lawn, or we'll get somebody in and then we charge them. So and they're quite used to it actually.
1: We're going to take a quick break from the show.
2: Hey guys, just pausing the podcast to introduce you to Inspire Beach Resort, which is one of the development projects that I have been actively working on with Harry James and Joe Ferrara, and we are going to create a -a one-of-a-kind resort like none other, upscale, adults only, where you can relax and rewind. Take some time for yourself. Take care of your health, and it is going to be absolutely spectacular. Some of the planning that we have been doing is absolutely amazing, and uh, I'm I'm really excited. Phase one is going to be completed in the summer of 2022, and I want to invite you to come up to our first ever retreats at the resort. And this is going to be in August. We are doing it over three days and we are going to be covering real estate investing topics, but also a ton of other self-development networking. There's going to be a ton of things. We're going to have lots of activities uh, and it was going to be a retreat like none other. And so if you are interested reach out to me at sarah at sarahlarby.com send me a message on instagram which is at investor sarah larby or check out the live real which is liverealfactory.com. and if you go to the events you will get more information on that as well and now back to the show
3: and now back to the show
2: yeah that's great so you you work with i'm assuming a lot of investors you know francois being one of them as well and you know probably some out of town investors too now that you know there's a shortage everywhere and and people are looking at you know outside of their provinces even more what are some maybe insights or tips that you can share you know for someone looking whether it's you know in alberta but could be somewhere else somebody that's looking to buy out of province are there any like like things that you could share with them to make it an easier process as they're looking to do that.
0: Just make sure the numbers are working, um, what you pay for, what your mortgage is going to be. Make sure that your costs in are actually going to still give you some money out. And um, after I took that investment course, I did learn about having investments and I bought a triplex in Northern Alberta and I bought two condos in Saskatchewan. My triplex actually... Brought in thousand dollars of cash flow, and my condos brought in twenty-five dollars each, <laughs> which didn't give me a lot of cash flow. But uh, I didn't actually put anything into it. I I took the money out. Uh, I put five thousand down. I got five thousand cash back. So it kind of worked out in that in that favor. So I ta- I had taken it all out. But I, you still have to be careful. That make sure that you're making some money on every project you're working on. Or the, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah
3: so true and are there better areas that you find for appreciation like certain things that are going on of course the whole city is is much cheaper like you mentioned rent 1600 for a brand new two bed in ottawa we'd be more like 2600 and i'm sure where sarah lives uh way more than that like how much is a two bed in the gta like twenty, thirty, two hundred maybe a month or
2: I mean, really, it depends on, on where it is, okay, right? Are we, sure, talking, sure. are we talking about Southeast Oakville? <laughs>
3: yeah. or are
2: we talking about like, I don't know, somewhere up North Mississauga or Brampton? Like It, it really, it still depends, but yeah, I'm sure somewhere around that <laughs> it's
0: getting quite high now. I- I'm seeing that for houses actually um, in the rural suburbs, 25, 2600 plus utilities for an upper suite in a house. So these are the best of the best areas, best of the best places. There are 1700 square foot houses with three bedrooms and, you know, an en suite bathroom in the, in the master bedroom. They're kind of the higher end, but that's what I'm starting to see now. We haven't seen that for years. Mm-hmm. What, what do you enjoy buying? Like even just for yourself,
2: like what kind of investing strategy are you, you know, really looking to do? My favorite
0: is actually the single family home or duplex with a suite, income suite in the basement. And the reason for that is they're so liquid. They're easy to get into. They're easy to get out of. If you have problems and you need to sell that quickly, it, it sells a lot faster than a fourplex would. It sells a lot faster than any multiplex would. So if, if I have my preference, I still like the single family homes with the suited uh, suite a duplex. I expect around five or six hundred dollars a month for income, coming off of that
3: after all my expenses. Yeah, and that's true. And I mean, that shows the difference in market. Like in Ottawa, those are great, but they don't cash flow unless okay. unless you go really high end or do something special. For the most part they wouldn't cash flow anymore. And I'm sure in, well, in Oakville, maybe because your rent is higher. It's it's possible.
2: Oakville, Oakville, you get your own cash flow in Oakville. <laughs>
3: yeah. You $2 million for two suites, maybe 1 million each. Can't rent it yeah. at 10,000 each a month. <laughs> there,
0: there are things you can do in a market that has tight rents. And something I did last year actually was I put a new flooring and new paint in a condo that was recently built. It was fairly new, but the floor wasn't looking that good it, and uh, put some new tenants in there and they paid top dollar for it, 1800 for a two-bedroom, two-bath condo in a building where they're typically renting around 1600
3: Wow, good job. So, that was That's well amazing. worth investing in those finishes. And in Alberta, you have recourse. So, you have, I guess, damages if something gets damaged. So... They yeah. don't mind investing in your property. <laughs> right. I,
2: I will say though, like, I mean, just to go back to like places like Oakville and I have one in Burlington, I just made those like midterm rentals. Like people are just, they're furnished, they're midterm, not short term. I mean, once yeah. in a while I'll rent it for a week, but usually it's like, I've got somebody that checked in yesterday for like until May and then somebody that's upstairs that's there until I think April or like mid-March or something. But like, it's just like, yeah. those, like I would do all midterm rentals if I could, because it brings in the majority of like the cash boost. Yeah. uh, And you know, in the portfolio, like those, those types of of options. And then you don't have to
0: worry about the landlord tenant rules. Yes. That's a good thing. But that's a good thing. How do you find the turnover though? Do you have property managers or you do it yourself?
2: I do it myself. I have, uh, I have like some really good cleaners. I, I, I do some cottage stuff as well, but I have some really good cleaners and, uh, you know, handy people and all that good stuff, but you're you're you know even just like in terms of like the inventory resets, like you're not doing it as often because it's not like week in week out type of thing like the cottages. But yeah, I don't know if I if I could do all midterm moving forward, I probably would. But how how is that like? Our is that investor. a strategy?
0: Good job. Is yeah, that a strategy that a- that's out in in Alberta though. Uh, it's not a, a really popular one. Uh, no. Most people go for either you know short term Airbnb kind of thing, which is tougher and tougher every month we get into it because um, the laws keep changing and the rules keep changing. Uh, or the midterm, the midterm is pretty much non-existent. Like anybody looking for mm-hmm. three or six months is just not able to do it unless they're willing to pay for an Airbnb, which is a little bit higher premium yet. So we don't have a lot of there is a demand definitely for it, but we don't have a lot of it. But it is a definite way of getting better income or better cash flow from your property if that's what you're looking for.
3: So maybe it's something we should look at, Kim. I actually think
0: that like
2: mark my words today on this podcast, the midterm rental is going to be the strategy of the next five years for many markets. Ontario, I mean, one of them. I can't speak for a yeah. market, but the markets that have these tenant rules that don't make a whole lot of sense, and you can yeah. still do it on Airbnb. Like I do my midterms yep. through Airbnb, and then just discount for a monthly stay so that it makes sense for the people to stay rather than just like mm-hmm. a daily rate. But I think that is a great next future, yep. uh, you know,
0: key strategy. And insurance companies um, aren't, aren't balking at the midterm rentals as much as, you know, an Airbnb style. And and you also get under the wire with the cities and the approvals there. So yeah, that exactly. is a good, a good strategy.
2: And if I'm not an accountant, but the HST as well. And we all the it. bylaws of the cities as well. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, like, I'm going to suggest that you guys all look into this new strategy <laughs> we, we,
0: it's not it's not one that we dismiss actually it's just one that we do talk about it and we do uh, talk to other people about it it depends on their strategies and what they're looking to do it's tough to do when you're managing from afar because it's going to take a little bit more hands-on it's going to need cleaning time more often and you know more tenant placement so that's going to cost a little bit more as far as property management goes if you're trying to do that from yeah two provinces over for sure for
2: sure so what's next for you like what are your goals in in 2022 2023 from your
0: investing perspective i plan on buying my first house again i had to hit reset a couple years back and so i plan on buying my first house again and i'm going to do some renos on it and uh also looking at buying a um a suited house so up in edmonton actually for my sister
1: (laughs) We're going to take a quick break from the show.
2: Hey, Right Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a
1: longtime supporter of the Wright Club and many members of the Right Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We as Elevation Realty are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Wright Club, and we have been attending since the second Wright Club. We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the golden horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we get very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the right club, find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow.
2: Guys, and I have to say I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me my last few properties have done an amazing job. Hundred percent recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work.
1: Now back to the podcast.
3: And now back to the show. And she would become your tenant or
0: uh well she's she's uh selling her place right now and she's uh leaving her husband so she's needs a place to live
3: <laughs> okay perfect so it's an opportunity just like me i i started my real estate investing my mom was my tenant so now your sister that's perfect <laughs> my
2: sister-in-law was our first tenant but you know what there's a thing though like we're not we don't have to be very let, let's just say we'll read like people read between the lines but like i would not rent a family again
0: well i, I'm just gonna I put it out there <laughs> I wouldn't rent to some of my family, just saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't rent to just anybody. My sister is actually taking care of my dad. So I can help her out a little. For
2: sure, for sure.
0: <laughs> it's uh, you know what? It's just it's just interesting. Like when you start mixing
2: investing and and family and some of the dynamic changes along the way. It's not for everybody. And I'm sure like somebody listening to this would be like, you know, I have the best story where like it's been 10 years and it's amazing. And then somebody else that's listening to this, like a right club member, might be like oh my God, I had the worst experience. I mean, like my sister-in-law, I think we had to re- re-renovate the entire house because they left it in such bad shape and they didn't move out after they stopped paying for like oh. 25 days. So, oh you know, like it, it, they're, they're great people. Would I ever rent to them again? Hell no. Uh, so again, you just got to kind of... <laughs> figure out which family yeah. you know some families work and some families don't right ours, ours didn't
0: my my sister and i see eye to eye as far as investments go she and i've been talking for the last several years about her getting into some investment properties and she just hasn't been able to do that yet that's awesome so we're gonna do several up there and we'll do several down here
3: sounds Absolutely. exciting mm-hmm.
0: i'm gonna put you on the spot what about you would you do it again
3: uh to my mom no <laughs> No, I sold the, I sold the apartment with my, the lease and everything to my mom's (laughs) boyfriend. So no, I love mom, but no, just it, for me, it was different. It was more, if there's any issue, she would call, there's a scratch in the, in the back wall of a closet. I mean, it just went on and on. So you're demanding tenants because she's mom. She's like, well, you kind of owe me, and at some point, I'm like, okay, this is enough.
0: <laughs> I've Paid up,
2: <laughs> but it's the reality sometimes of being a real estate investor.
0: It is, and you want to take care of your family, but sometimes you can take better care of your family just by showing them the right path to do it to do it for themselves. Uh-huh, and, absolutely. Um, I used to homeschool my kids when they were for about eight eight years. I homeschooled them and i taught them investing and i taught them how to play cash flow and i i taught them how to buy their first house not how to rent the first place they didn't know how to do rentals but they knew how to buy <laughs> i mean i think that's
2: interesting because you know i i did not learn it from my parents but i learned the entrepreneurial i think mindset from them and i think that was helpful but you know if you can have parents or if you're listening to this and you have children and you have kids right now you know, start teaching them young. Are you able to share maybe some of the things that you've done along the way for them to be like excited about it and, you know, want to take action when they were old enough? Like, is there anything specific that you're like, I, I would recommend that you really do this? I mean, I, I know you talked about cash flow, the, when, the game, but.
0: When they were about eight or nine years old, um, I started talking to them about investing. And Kiyosaki talks about, you know, starting up a lemonade stand. Well, all of my kids have done that. And only because they wanted to, not because I told them to. Um, My two boys, when they were about 12 years old, we lived in a brand new development area. There were a bunch of construction workers. There was no stores around. They would um, walk around with a wagon and pop and chips and sell it to the construction workers. And they were their best clients. Like, they would walk around and sell it every day. (laughs) But I had to pull the plug on it because they were fighting. (laughs) They started fighting about who had to pull the wagon. So I said, you know, if you've made money, you're done. We've taught you how this works, but we're not going to do it anymore. But I, I did teach them, you know, the skills of, you know, reinvesting and starting your own business and then having product to sell. And then the other part was, you know, for the next stage was like down payment. We started buying silver when they were very young. And it was a very tangible thing that they could see that was an asset that they could, hold on to. And later we sold it to help them buy a car. And when they bought their car, I, um, that when they were able to drive, they were buying cars that they wanted to fix. So we'd use some of that silver to buy the car. And then I said, we can also use that silver to buy a house. So they started actually using cars and silver, um, bought them, fixed them, flipped them. And then both of my boys actually have bought their own first houses. They're 22 and 23. And, um, they use their cars, actually, they sold uh, a sports car to get the down payment for it. And, uh, they're both in their My, my, my first son is in his second home. My, my, uh, second son is in his first home.
2: Very cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Are they, are they buying it, uh, to, and then renovating it and then selling it for a profit or are they kind of just buying and holding what, what are they doing?
0: They're doing a buy and hold right now. Um, so they're just getting their feet under them as far as their jobs go. Um, my my second son is very interested in getting into, you know, having a suited p- property so that he can have tenants and he can bring in money. And, and then he's looking at buying the next property. So he's kind of on board with that program already. My first son, his girlfriend is not as on board with doing this. So they just want a house to live in. However, the house they just bought um, is actually technically set up so they could suite it if they wanted to later down the road. And I kind of think that that might be a program later. For them
3: when they see the bills coming in they will be motivated
0: <laughs> they're starting to see that this is a lot of money to go go out and have to have to shoulder all that debt
3: that's it for space you don't use most likely and if yeah at some point they have kids they'll notice two salaries don't quite cut it that's kind of why i got into investing you need to make like yeah. four hundred thousand a year to like survive basically yeah so yep. It's, it's crazy cool great advice great mom teaching four, 400
2: wait four hundred thousand dollars a year to survive i'm sorry <laughs> i have to call you out on that no you don't <laughs> maybe to survive with little, are like, addiction. are like, i mean of course you got nice clothes you like your shopping addiction but to survive in your terms is not to survive like the regular person i just want to put it out there because someone's listening to this and be like 400 grand like no way i'm no roughing way. it
3: I, I have cut it cut back on my bubbly so instead of champagne i'll go with like a cheap bubbly
2: okay so 400 grand to live the life on your terms for sure lifestyle yeah. by design agreed not to survive okay wrong choice of words yeah. that's it Sorry. <laughs> there we go just kidding just kidding well no i'm not actually but you know i just i don't want to hurt your feelings you good
3: no no this is great <laughs> totally true and i don't need four i i'd be very happy if i had that much but <laughs> I like to exaggerate just a smidge. I, yeah, I like Kim's I advice, like teaching your kids buying tangible things that's really big, especially when they're young, they, they don't get it like money, it's very abstract. But when they hold a piece of silver, like you said, or gold or coins or something, it's very tangible and then it, yeah, it would wow, I can see how that would work totally.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's cool because it's also a different way to invest, right? Like there is gold and silver to buy. And it's a commodity. I mean, you know, again, like I, I obviously know much more about real estate, but I think it's still good because it's not like inflation with a dollar. I think there's still some protection against that and other things along the lines. But I think gold and silver are, you know, definitely a, a good additional way to diversify. So Kim, the next part of the podcast is our lightning round. So Francois and I will ask you four total questions. Every guest gets the same questions. You're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. And check out their website, butlermortgages.com, or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com, or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right. So here we go. Question number one Kim, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event?
0: Just do it.
3: <laughs> cool. I love that. That's I- my going words as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I was uh, talking to an investor and I, and I was talking to her about you know she she wanted to invest in the next property and she was like I just got to do it I just do it and she did and so she's she's into her second or third property now so good for her
3: Amazing that's great great advice <laughs> So question number yeah, 2 you,
0: you can analyze a lot you don't have you don't have to You'll never get it if you keep analyzing it.
3: That's it. And I, I, I really like some people that say, I think it's, you need to know about 70% of the information or 30%, I always mess it up, but one or the other and then make your decision. Uh, otherwise mm-hmm. you'll be paralyzed.
0: Yeah, if the numbers make sense, then there's no reason holding you back. Even if even if you're, you're like there's a lot of fear that comes into buying a second property because how am I going to hold that? And a lot of people are scared of that. So when they, when they actually step back and say, okay, the numbers work, I just need to trust that, they're still gonna get all those emotions that you get buying a house. Um, but if they just trust that their numbers are working and things are going to work, it will work out.
3: I love it. Yeah, real estate is forgiving. I mean, if you hold it longer or, or do like Sarah, to switch to midterm or something, find a way yeah. to make it work if it's not working.
0: There are a lot of ways to to dig it out if you have a problem. If you have a a, an income property that isn't making money, there are a lot of different avenues that you can make money. It's not just one way.
3: Yes, totally. So this leads me into question number two. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? A book, a course, a club?
0: Oh, resource. Um, I use. I don't know. That's not one I, I uh, focus too much on, because I'm usually talking to a lot of people. And I guess my best resource is other people. When I talk to them, I get a lot of information from them as well. When I go to any meeting, um, Brain or Rate Club or anything, um, even Natasha's meetings, I always learn more and more on top of what I've already already known. And There's always an aha moment, hey, I didn't know that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. People are a great resource. They say they're the average of the five people that you spend the most amount of time with other than your family. And so if you have some amazing people on your side to share your ideas with that are motivating, inspiring, I mean, you are going places for sure. So people 100% Kim, agree with you. Number three, Kim, what is the attribute that has made you most successful in your opinion?
0: I think believing in myself knowing that I have, I have the knowledge to help people. I have the knowledge to do it myself. I've done it myself. Um, And just believing that I can move forward and I can help more people. So that is really where I, what drives me is just helping more people get what they're looking for.
3: That's great. Great story. And, and I can testify by working with you. You're very kind and generous with your with your time and what, like your your power team and all that. So very helpful. Uh, Thanks. Last question. What do you typically do on a Sunday morning?
0: <laughs> Work. <laughs> if you're talking about my downtime, um, my downtime, I'll probably go for a walk around the mall, I'll go say hi to different faces. Um, I get out and try and see new people, take my dog for a walk. Uh, I do like to spend time in the mountains. Every chance I get, I go there. Um, I can see them right from where I live in Airdrie, which is fantastic. And if they're only less an hour away. So,
2: Very cool. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Kim, where can our Right Club Nation reach out and find
0: out more about you? Uh, KimGPRealEstate at gmail.com.
2: Amazing. Awesome. Kim, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you on and thanks for all your awesome insights. Thanks guys. Great talking to you.
3: So Sarah, what did you think about Kim's experience and how she raised her voice?
2: Oh, she raised her family. I thought it was awesome. And, and just all the different insights. I, I mean, it's always great. Like this is the first time Kim and I met. I mean, she just did a deal with you, a, a transaction. With you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like literally you're closing on it today, which is amazing. Are you closing on it today? Or did you just like confirm it that you got it today?
3: Uh, no, no closing. So we got the keys, the lockbox is okay. set up, the contractors going in tomorrow and ripping the place apart.
2: <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Are you, uh, did you do that one with the JBs or by yourself?
3: JV, so yeah, we could have a conversation on that. How to finance a deal with no money down, <laughs> just like Kim did, but different different strategy altogether. And awesome. it's quite so
2: they go on title. You're the active partner, you're essentially coordinating, doing the management piece remotely. They are coming in with the financing, bringing in the money, and you guys are splitting it 50 50. Is that about right?
3: Yeah, that's it, exactly. So I'm flying down to beautiful Calgary soon. I'm glad to hear that they have a Chinook. So hopefully the Chinook follows me there and it's nice and pleasant.
2: <laughs> I know it's like super, super warm and then super cold and then super warm. But if you go during the warm times, you know, right now, I mean, it's, it it's probably minus. I mean, at the time that you guys are going to listen to this, it'll probably be warmer. But it's a lot colder today than it is in Calgary by yes. probably 20 degrees swing anyways, I, on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and review. See you guys next week.
3: Cheers.